Welcome to the Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. This summer, we're walking through the book of Romans, taking a master class from the rich and powerful book of the New Testament. Romans is one of the greatest books of the Bible. It is the essence of the gospel and provides the rich doctrine of our faith. Romans was written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Rome, and God has used it to change the hearts of men and ultimately the world. In Romans, we see the impact of our sin, which reveals our deep need for God, and then the importance of living out our faith in Jesus today. Whether a lifelong student of the Bible to a first-time believer, this is a masterclass for everyone. Let's listen in. Oh, well, good morning. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. It is so good to be together today. Welcome right here to Franklin Campus. Welcome to our online campus. And I'm so glad that we can worship our great God together. And I hope you've had a wonderful summer. Man, we've had a great summer here at Rolling Hills. We've had camps and mission trips and do good local and i was seeing on social media our fourth and fifth graders were just at camp this week and watching them worship the lord and i was like yes i mean god's raising up the next generation so i love all that's been happening and i hope you've had a great summer with family with friends and we have at our household and you know school is about to start now that's a, a word we can't use in our house during the summer but i'm just going to share it because it's coming at us and i know that that brings a lot of you know nervousness but also excitement and everything else but i hope and pray what god's done in your life what god's done in his church this summer will stay with us as we've been diving into god's word in romans as god is putting a spiritual foundation in us and so as we move into a new year a new season of life a new chapter of life that we go stronger in the word of the lord we go with confidence because god is with us and god is for us and isn't that a beautiful truth that we've been seeing and i hope and pray that's true in your life and i love i love being a part of this journey with you church i love what god's doing all glory to him. This morning we come to the conclusion. We've been in this awesome series called Masterclass, and we've been walking through the book of Romans together. And we come to the last two chapters today, and Romans 15 and 16. So if you have a Bible, I want to invite you to open with me there. If you don't have a Bible, that's okay. We've got some in the back if you want them. We also have the Rolling Hills app, the Church Center app. It's a brand new app that we have. If you don't have that, go ahead and download it. And uh, man, just get that on your phone because there's so much great information there. But we come to the end of this letter, and it's a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to the church in Rome. And it's a church that he always wanted to go to, right? And he hadn't been there. Many of the people there in Rome had accepted Christ at Pentecost, right after Jesus' resurrection. And they had gone back and planted the church in Rome and it was growing. There was some persecution that was happening, but the church was staying strong and was even thriving. And there was a movement happening. And so Paul's writing this letter from Corinth to them to encourage the church there. And you have this beautiful doctrine, this beautiful theology. And then he turns the corner in chapter 12 and says, this is how you live it out. This is what it does as a Christ follower in today's world, how you live your life for him. And so we come to the last two chapters and it's been so good, but here we go. So if you have a Bible, look at verse one of 15. He says, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. So he's talking about spiritual maturity in chapters 13 and 14. And as you grow in the Lord, as you mature in the Lord, you want to give back, right? It doesn't all become about you. You want to make a difference. And in every church, right, there should be spiritual children, there should be spiritual young men, but there should be spiritual fathers and mothers 
who are the leaders. And as you mature in that, you're wanting to serve, you're wanting to invest. He says, we are strong, ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please our neighbors for the good, to build them up. For even Christ did not please himself. But as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have, and I love this word right here, just kind of mentally circle it right, hope, hope. And that's what 15 and 16 are about, having the hope of God. There's a lot of things we put our hope in, but, but he's saying, no, you put your hope in the Lord. You put your trust in the Lord. May the God who gives endurance, I love that word endurance. You know, the Christian life, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon, right? Yeah, you know, we start out really strong and many people have accepted Christ this summer, which has been awesome. So many people being baptized, which is great. That spiritual marker in your life. But then that calls us to finish strong, to run the race marked out for you all the days of your life until you're running into the arms of Jesus, right? You're just growing, you're maturing, you're becoming all that God created you to be who gives endurance and encouragement, give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Jesus Christ had, so that with one mind and one voice, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, develop the mind of Christ. Start to think like Jesus. Start to say, what would Jesus do in these situations, right? Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you, in order to bring praise to God. For I tell you that Christ has become a servant of the Jews on behalf of God's truth, so that the promises made to the patriarchs, remember the patriarchs, that's Old Testament, Abraham, Isaac, those guys, right? Back then might be confirmed. And moreover, that the Gentiles, that's us, right? Non-Jews are Gentiles, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. And so what you see in Romans is this incredible truth, right? That Jesus, Jewish, the church, the early church started in Jerusalem, the Jews, but it is spread out now to the Gentiles, to all of us that were welcomed into the family of God, that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. Skip to verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. And don't you want joy and peace in your life? I mean, I do. You know, don't you want to be living a life full of joy, living a life full of peace in a stressed out, crazy world that you can have peace? He says, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Isn't that great? You just overflow. What God's doing in your heart, it just overflows. It just sloshes out onto everybody around you, right? Onto your family, your friends, your workplace, your school. It just, man, Look at this. What's God doing in their life? It's just overflowing, overflowing. Now skip over to verse 23. He says, but now that there is no more place for me to work in these regions, and since I've been longing for many years to visit you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. I hope to see you all passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there after I've enjoyed your company for a while. So Paul's heartbeat is to go visit the church there in Rome. And he wants to, he's like, man, I've been hoping to get there, right? I was gonna go to Spain, I'm planting more churches around, but my goal is to get there. Now, however, I'm on my way to Jerusalem and the service of the Lord's people there. 
And you're thinking, well, if you want to go to Rome, just go to Rome. He goes, well, no, God's got another assignment for me. I'm heading to Jerusalem in service of the Lord's people there. For Macedonia and Achaia were pleased to make a contribution for the poor among the Lord's people in Jerusalem. So the church in Jerusalem was going through a hard time. Persecution had come against the church. And so there was, you know, just real hardships that they were facing. And so all these churches that Paul had planted all over the region, he said, hey, let's take an offering and I'll take the money back and we'll help the church in Jerusalem. And they were like, yeah, let's do it. They've been a blessing to us. The early church is where all this started out of, right? That God was moving. So they took this offering and he's taking it back to Jerusalem. They were pleased to do it, to give it. And indeed they owe it to them. For if the Gentiles have shared in the Jews' spiritual blessings, they owe it to the Jews to share with them in their material blessings. So after I've completed this task and have made sure that they have received the contribution, I will go to Spain and visit you on the way. I know that when I come to you, I will come in the full measure of the blessing of Christ. So Paul's goal, like, I'm gonna get there. I wanna go visit you, church. I wanna come to Rome. Now we know, if you read Acts, in Acts 27 28, that we know that Paul ultimately gets to Rome, but not the way he thought, right? Paul takes this offering to Jerusalem, blessing the church there. He goes to worship at the temple. He's arrested there, you know, for, because he was a Pharisee. He was a Jewish Pharisee, right? Now he's saying, hey, it's in Christ Jesus alone. And so he's arrested. He stands trial. He appeals to Caesar. And so he's taken by ship to Rome. And when he's in Rome, he's under house arrest for two years. House arrest. But while he's under house arrest, he's chained to a guard and people can come see him. So the church is coming over. They're having Bible studies. All these guards that are there are hearing the gospel all the time, right? They're hearing about Jesus. He's released after two years. He goes to Spain, plants churches there for about a year. Then he's rearrested and he ultimately dies by Emperor Nero in Rome. So he does finally make it to Rome. But here's what I want you to see too. Go to chapter 16. And in chapter 16, it's a chapter that a lot of people skip over. It's the last chapter. There's a lot of names. They're hard to pronounce. And so people are like, I'm just going to skip over that because if they call me to read, you know, it's always awkward. I don't know how to pronounce it. So, But I want to tell you, there's just some amazing truth right here in chapter 16. And so he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe a deacon of the church of Centrea, I ask you to receive her in the Lord in a way worthy of his people and to give her any help she may need from you. For she has been a, the benefactor of many people, including me. So he first calls out Phoebe. He said, hey, I, I want you to receive Phoebe. Now, many people believe Phoebe is the one who took the letter from Corinth, where Paul's writing this letter, to Rome. He says, hey, receive Phoebe there. She's a deacon in the church of Centrea. She's also a major benefactor. Okay, so this woman, Phoebe, we don't know a whole lot about her, but she was wealthy at some point and she was giving, she was generous. And, and I just love that. I just love to see how she's blessing and how God's using her there. Then he says, verse three, greet Priscilla and Aquila. And I love Priscilla and Aquila. I love that their names rhyme. That's really fun, right? So, but here's Priscilla and Aquila. What do we know about them? My coworkers in Christ Jesus, they risked their lives for me. Not only I, but all the churches of the Gentiles are grateful for them. Here's what we know. In 49 AD, Claudius, the emperor then, issued a decree that all the Jews had to leave Rome. 
So they left Rome. They go to Corinth. They meet Paul in Corinth. Paul leads them to Jesus, and they become this like spiritual power couple. I mean, that's what they were, right? I mean, they were just like on fire for the Lord. They were like leading Bible studies. I mean, they disciple, end up discipling Apollos. They are just unbelievable. And they says, greet also the church that meets at their house. So probably what happened, right? They have to leave Rome. They end up in Corinth and they say, hey, the church can just use our house. Y'all need to have a community group. You need to have a Bible study there. Just use our house. It's fine. That's what it's there for. I love that. I mean, how amazing is that? And I know so many of you, I mean, you, you open your home for community group, you open your home for interns, you just are so generous with that, but you're seeing that played out right here. Also greet my dear friend, Apentis, who was the first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. What an awesome, like, guy. You know, yeah, I'm the first one who accepted Christ. Now all these people have accepted Christ, but how awesome is that? I got to be the first one. I can't wait to meet that guy in heaven. You know, greet Mary who worked very hard for you. We don't know a whole lot about Mary, but she worked very hard. She was just a servant. She just jumped in. You go down all these names, unbelievable stories, and they were faithful in their day. <laughs> just like we're called to be faithful in our day. <laughs> just like each one of us, that God knows our name, that God's called us for a time such as this. And maybe in your life, right? Priscilla and Aquila, maybe you had to move from, you know, not Rome, you know, or California, but you know, New York or Chicago, but you ended up here, but you God's going, I got a plan for you there. I got a plan for you right here in Franklin and in Nashville and Thompson Station, Spring Hill. I got a plan for you right here that I want to use you for my glory. And we can go, okay, God, you've got a bigger purpose. What do you want to do through me? And all these people just stayed faithful. I mean, I, I just love to, I could spend the whole time just going through these names because they're unbelievable. Verse nine, Urbanus, which literally means slave. This guy was probably a slave that was able to come to church. His owner said, hey, you can go to church. He was our coworker in Christ. And my dear friend, Stachus. Stachus, we know from antiquities, was a guy who was in Caesar's household. So he's a part of the government. He's mentioned the same line with the slave. You know, I mean, how cool is that? Or verse 23 or verse 13, I mean, greet Rufus, chosen the Lord, and his mother who's been a mother to me. What do we know about Rufus? Well, do you remember when Jesus was carrying his cross and he fell and they pulled a guy out of the crowd, Simon of Cyrene, and he had two sons, Alexander and Rufus. And this guy, he grows up in the church. He comes to know the Lord, right? And here he is serving. The church would have known these names. And so they're like, oh yeah, Rufus, you know? kind of a crazy name, but man, he's awesome. He's serving at the church. He's a leader. He's grown up here. And just see all this. Now I go to verse 21. Timothy, my coworker, sends his greetings. Remember Timothy? First Timothy, second Timothy, the guy who served with Paul, went on mission trips with him, as do Lucius, Jason, and Sopater, my fellow Jews. And then verse 22, I, Tertius, who wrote down this letter, greet you in the Lord. And you're thinking, well, I, I thought Paul wrote this letter. But Tertius was actually the scribe. You may remember Paul's eyesight was failing a little bit. So Tertius is like, I'm the one who penned this down. And I also want to send you greetings, church. Way to go. We're on the same team, you know. I love you guys. I mean, I can't wait for heaven one day. We're going to get to know all these people. We're going to hear their story. We're going to hear the challenges that they faced and the way that they stayed faithful to God. And they're going to be like, tell me about your day. Tell me about your time. Tell me how you were faithful in God's church. And we get to tell them our story. It's going to be amazing. 
Well, then he closes out the whole letter in verse 25. He says, now to him who is able. Next week, we start a brand new sermon series. It's called God is Able. I love that. And so we're just gonna be diving into that. But he says, now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ, in keeping with the revelation of the mystery hidden for long ages past, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic writings by the command of the eternal God, so that all the Gentiles, thank you, Lord, might come to faith, the obedience that comes through faith. To the only wise God be glory forever through Jesus Christ, exclamation point, amen. Wow, what a letter, what a God. And to think about for 2,000 years, this letter has been shared for churches across all countries, all continents, all people, and revival has come because God said, hey, I want you to write this down and I wanna tell the world what I'm doing, what I wanna do for you. How beautiful is that? All right, if you're taking notes today, here's some things I'd love for you to write down. If you have a worship guide, if you go to the, you know, the app and the church center app, you can find a place to take blanks and also now store your notes. So that's great. So you can keep notes from week to week and you can have it stored there on your phone. So if you want to reference back, but I want to see this today and how powerful this is for all of us in Romans 15 and 16. Romans reveals man's ultimate hope is in God. Man's ultimate hope is in God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy. That's what we want, right? That joy in our lives and peace. The peace and the craziness in this world that God would give us peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Romans, we see salvation and sanctification. Okay, Romans chapters one through 11, salvation. <laughs> Look what God has done. But then Romans 12 through 16, here's how you live it out, right? You receive Jesus Christ as your Lord in your life. But when you accept Christ or when you're baptized, that's not the end of the story. That's just the beginning. The beginning of living a life for the glory of God. That's the sanctification. Look, when we were dead in our sins, God made a way through his son, Jesus Christ. You know, we were dead in our sins and our trespasses. Holy God, sinful man. And every one of us have sinned. Everyone, that's not a newsflash today. You're not like going, oh, really? I did? No, you're like, okay, yeah, okay, I did. I did, I too, right? And we've all sinned, right? But for the grace of God. I love if we've been memorizing scripture in here, there's the Roman road, right? Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every one of us, every person who's ever lived, we've all made mistakes, we've all sinned. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, meaning separation from God for eternity. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this, while we were still sinners, right? We don't get cleaned up to come to God. We don't fix our whole lives to come to God. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were in rebellion against him, God sent his son who died on a cross for you and for me. Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. In Romans 10, 13, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord be saved. And as you look at these verses in Romans, you know, it's called the Roman road, but you think about too, the Roman empire, 
built roads all over the world. And so as the gospel comes in the church in Jerusalem, as the gospel comes there in the church in Rome, they begin to take the gospel out. It overflows out of them. And when they would go to visit extended family, when they would go and move to different cities and places, they would plant churches. And the church, 2,000 years, changed the world. That's what God has been doing. God made a way. The four sections of the book of Romans, since this is a master class, okay? You know, just really have this in your mind. Romans 1 through 3, God's wrath, right? There is sin. Romans 1, all the sins that were happening back in the Romans, the Roman orgies, and all this despicable stuff with slaves and women, I mean, all these things. And then you have the Jews, the sins of the Jews, trusting in their own righteousness. And he says, we've all sinned and God's wrath against sin. But Romans 4 through 8, God's grace. God's grace. God's the one who took the initiative. God's the one who came to us. God's the one who sent his own son. Romans 9 through 11, God's plan. God's plan for the Jews, God's plan for the Gentiles, for all of us to have salvation, to spend eternity with him. And then Romans 12 through 16, God's will. This is how you live it out. Live it out in today's life. It's not just I accept Christ and go, okay, God, I'll see you in heaven. Peace out. I'll just kind of figure this out here. It's like God's going, no, 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 no. I want you to grow in me. I want you to mature. I want you to have this relationship with me. I want you to know my will, my good, pleasing, and perfect will, Romans 12, and live that out in your life. Look at this. With God, there is always hope in this life as well as in the life to come. You know, last couple of weeks as I've been preparing and studying Romans 15 and 16, that word hope just kept coming up over and over. And I started listening for it, you know, in all these conversations and I kept hearing the word hope pop up. You know, it's like when you buy a new car and then all of a sudden you're driving it and you're going, wow, I didn't know that there, there, you just start seeing it everywhere, right? Have you ever done that? You know, you got this truck and you're like, wow, it's everywhere. You, know, but you never noticed it before, but I started hearing hope all the time. And I'm talking to people and they go, well, I hope this deal comes through at work. I was like, yeah. You know, I hope I get good teachers at school. I hope the kids get along, right? You know, I, I hope, right, I can have a good time with my in-laws, right? I hope, and you just keep hearing this hope, hope, hope. I hope I make this red light, right? You know, it's like all the time we're just using this word hope. I even heard somebody say, you know, well, I hope one day to go to heaven. I was like, wow, okay, I hope. There's always this longing for hope in our lives. I hope, I hope, I hope. But here's the thing. Ultimately, our hope is firmly in God. And we can put our hope in circumstances. We can hope this deal works out at work or this thing works out at school or this relationship works out. But when we mature in the Lord, oh, listen, listen, we mature in the Lord, all of a sudden we start to realize that God's got a bigger plan and my hope is in Him. And maybe this relationship didn't go the way I think, but you know what? My God's got a bigger plan and a bigger purpose. And I'm gonna hold on to God. My hope and my faith's in him. And maybe this deal didn't work out or maybe this class wasn't what I thought. But you know what? I'm trusting in God. Maybe the diagnosis wasn't what I wanted to hear, but my hope is in the great physician. My hope is in the great healer. God's got a bigger plan for my life and I'm gonna live that way with joy and peace. That's a game changer, right? Think about this for the apostle Paul. Paul hoped to go visit the church in Rome. He ends up there in Rome in prison. And he could have sat there in prison and been like, oh, God, really? I mean, God, I was trying to serve you. Now here I am, I'm in jail, I'm in prison, you know, and, and been all mad and frustrated and angry at where he was in life. 
But what did he do? <laughs> For two years, he sat there in prison and he's chained to a guard that rotates every three hours. He's sharing Christ. Hey, let me tell you, buddy, about Jesus. Can I tell you about Jesus? You know, so much so that there's people in Caesar's household that are Christ followers. He's having Bible studies with the church and you know what else he's doing? He's writing. And while he was in prison for those two years, there's three letters that he wrote. Run to the church in Philippi, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians. And you know what Philippians is all about? Joy. Joy. He wrote it for prison, but it's all about joy. Having the joy of the Lord, knowing that my hope is in the Lord and wherever I find myself in life, I can be angry, I can be bitter, I can be frustrated, but if I start to go, wait a minute, God's got a bigger plan for me. God's doing something that I can't see and I'm gonna hold on to him and I'm gonna remain faithful to him. Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, 2,000 years later, here we are reading it. He could have gone on his own and preached a sermon there in the church in Rome and we wouldn't even have it recorded. But here we are 2,000 years later and God's used the word because God had a plan for Paul's life and God has a plan for your life. Put your hope in the Lord. Put your hope in the Lord. You know, oh, I hope I make that red light. You know, well, I stopped that red light, but you know what? Maybe God has a hold for me. Maybe there was something that was gonna happen up there. Maybe there's something I need to do right now or think about or pray about right now. God's got a plan in every step of your life. Put your hope in the Lord. Wow, okay, look at this. Once a person is saved in Christ, they are called to live for him. Once you're saved, right? Now I'm living my life for the glory of God. We who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves and not to please ourselves. That's the game changer right there. Life is not all about you. Now we live in a world that says life's all about me, right? I got my iPhone because it's all about me, right? It's my iPhone. I take my selfies because it's all about self, right? You know, and so wherever I am, I got to get, it's all about me, right? It's consumerism. Everywhere we go, you know, it's all about me. And now the algorithms on our social media feeds come through and it's all tailored to me and what I like and what I want to hear and what I want to see. We got our air conditioning to make me comfortable. And I just want to be kicked back, you know, because life's all about me. And God's going, no, 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 time out. It's not just all about you. I was reading an article in the Atlantic uh, this week and it was talking about the decline of church attendance over the last 40 or 50 years. And it said, you know, yeah, COVID made a, had a part of that. People are coming back now and they're realizing their need for God. But what it said was a big thing that's happened in the last 40 or 50 years is a thing called workism. And that people started to realize, man, I can work more and more and more and have more money and more stuff for me. And all of a sudden I can do more and more stuff with this. But what the article talked about is the impact on culture. <laughs> now with people not going to church, you know, what about morality? What about, you know, family dynamics? What about the rise in mental health and the impact on people's lives? What about the impact on generosity and helping the least and the last and the lost? Because what happens is we turn and make it about me. You think about like Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A could have said, hey, we're going to go have Christian chicken, you know, on Sunday, you know, but they said, hey, we're not. We're gonna shut down and give our employees time to go worship because we know that's gonna impact and have a greater good. And what has happened? Chick-fil-A is like the number one fast food of all time. People are going, you can make more money if you're open seven days a week. And they're like, no, 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 no. We know about worship. We know about putting God first. And in our lives, we could say, hey, it could just be about me. And then we will die tired. We'll die hurting and painful. Or we could say, you know what, God, I'm gonna live my life for you. <laughs> 
I'm gonna live my life for you. Because the fact of the matter is we can get as much money as we want, but we can't take any of it with us. I don't care if you have $50,000 in your you know, retirement plan when you die or you have 5 million, it doesn't matter, right? You know, what matters is what I do with the life God gives me to live. And it's not all about me. For us as Christians, we should be about glorifying God and helping others. The Westminster Catechism says the chief aim of man right, is to bring glory to God and to enjoy him forever. To live life, that's where you have joy. That's where you have peace. That's where you have hope. That's why you walk into Chick-fil-A and they're smiling and they're laughing, and they're having fun, they're enjoying it. And you go to another place and they're like, man, these people don't want to be here. You know why? Because there's a change. There's a change. In us, there ought to be a change as Christ followers. We're investing in helping others. See, Paul points to two examples, right? Two examples. One, he says the servanthood of Jesus. Go to verse three in chapter 15. He says, look at Jesus. It wasn't just for him to please himself. Jesus could have kicked back in heaven. I mean, he's in heaven, right? Being worshiped. But he said, I'm leaving the throne room of heaven and coming for you, coming for you. The servanthood of Christ. The second example he gives is the generosity of other churches. He goes, look at these churches in Macedonia and Achaia, right? They, they give their tithe, their first 10% back to God, but now there's a need. And so they're giving an offering over and above. They're seeing a need and they're meeting it. And there's joy, there's peace, there's hope. Look at what God's doing in their lives. And for us, is my life looking more like the world or more like Jesus? As I grow spiritually, right? As I mature in my life, am I looking more like the world and saying it's just about me and more stuff and more things and more the American culture and American capitalism and this way of life? Or am I saying, God, thank you for blessing me, but now let me be a blessing to others. Let me live for the glory of God. Let me encourage people. Let me bless people. Let me help people. God, let me live my life for you. Let me live my life for you. And that's when you start to see God change your heart and God change the world. Oh man, I love this. Look at this. God's will is to build his church. See, that's why he was writing in Romans. Build God's church. Look what's gonna happen through the generations. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement, I hope you're encouraged today, give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had so that with one mind and with one voice, the church, you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus loves his church. The church is the body of Christ. The church is the bride of Christ. Jesus said, upon this rock, the confession of faith that Jesus is Lord, upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And we get to be a part of that in our day, in our generation. These people right here in Romans 16, they were a part of the church then. We're the church today. And the church isn't buildings, the church is people filled with the spirit of God, loving, living, encouraging, blessing the church. See, God uses men and women to build his church. I love how the apostle Paul starts when he's thinking all the people, and he starts with a woman. <laughs> There's people that talk about women in ministry. I'm like, wow, have you read Romans 16? I don't know, because I mean, you look at that, eight out of the 26 people mentioned, eight are women. And he leads off with Phoebe, this incredible woman. I mean, it was faithful in her day. And I, I could see she was a businesswoman, she was successful, but she said, hey, how can I bless others? How can I build God's church? I mean, Priscilla and Aquila, the spiritual power couple, you know, we got spiritual power couples here. You just, you, you serve, you say, open my home. Let me be generous, let me bless. And you just walk down all these incredible men and women. But here's the thing I would say to you, don't disqualify yourself. 
Because you look down this list and you got people who were slaves, you got people who were successful, you've got people who grew up in the church, you got people who didn't grow up at all in the church. And sometimes in our life, when God wants to use us and we go, oh no, God, you can't use me. You know my past. <laughs> God, you can't use me. You know, call somebody else who, who can speak well. Call somebody else who's a great musician. Call somebody else right, who, who maybe grew up at church and God's going, no, 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 no. I've called you. <laughs> I want to use you, you have gifts and you have talents and you have abilities and, and, and you can do things, you can teach, you can encourage, you have resources to bless people and to encourage people. Hey, God uses men and women to build his church. Look, Paul needed a godly community around him and so does every Christ follower. Sometimes we look at Paul, we go, man, he was super Christian. And Paul's going, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have all these people around me. It's a team effort, baby. I mean, look at this. I am part of the great team that was serving God and that was faithful back in this day. Guys, we're a part of the greatest team, I believe, God's church. And as you and I lock arms together, as you and I serve together, as you and I pray for one another, as you and I encourage one another, God's doing something bigger than we can see or even imagine. And the fact is we all need community. And the world, you know, in our culture wants to isolate us. And that's what happens is people kind of drift from church, they drift from community, they get alone, they feel lonely and tired. You've got to get into community. You know, that, that S-word school is starting up right in the next couple of weeks. And, and, and I want to tell you, it's a time when you can set your priorities. It's a time when you can say, this is what's important to us. You know, at church on Sunday, we're, we're going to dedicate it because I know the world's going to be coming and we're going to be having, man, all kinds of sports and, and all kinds of theater and all kinds of travel and all, all this kind of things that's getting ready to happen. But I want to say this is a priority. I want to get a community group. I encourage you, get a community group or a men's group or a women's group. or Just get around some community. You need it. I need it. In my life, man, I need community group. I need a men's Bible study. I need people around me to encourage me to hold me up. We all need that. Your kids need it. And so in preschool and children and students, making sure that they have godly community around them. Paul did it and so should we. Jesus had 12 disciples, right? He was in community, right? So for all of us, that priority there. Okay, will you allow Romans to establish you today? We allow Romans, 15 week study, masterclass, but will you allow it to establish you? Now to him who is able to establish you in accordance with my gospel, the message I proclaim about Jesus Christ. The book of Romans helps establish us in sound doctrine and in God's love. Guys, we need sound doctrine today. And there's a lot of things you can hear that'll go like, hey, you know, I don't know, is that right? You come back and you say, hey, let me measure what I'm hearing with God's word. Let me see if it's sound doctrine. Let me see if it aligns with what God's word says. And that's why Paul lays it out so clearly. And the gospel's not by works. It's not that we can earn it. It's by grace. It's what God's done in our lives. You know, Rome ended up imploding. This incredible empire, right? I mean, the Romans army, the legions, the, the gladiators, all that, it ended up imploding because of the immorality there and because they turned in on themselves, became lazy and they had all these slaves doing everything and they, they just imploded. And that can happen in our individual lives. It can happen in nations. And you look back through history, nations have come and nations have gone, but the nation of God, the people of God stands. And for us to say, my hope is in the Lord and my faith and my trust is in him. Sound doctrine and in God's love. God is with me. God is for me. 
And I'm holding on to him today. See, growing and understanding the book of Romans brings revival. Every great revival has come out of this book. And when you look in your life, and you look in my life, man, that revival would come. I hope and pray this series is like whet your appetite. You go, I wanna go back and dig in. You know, maybe Romans chapter eight, man, I wanna go back and read. I wanna hold on to that. Romans chapter 12, I wanna know more. But here's the question. Will you allow God to bring revival in your heart today? Maybe you've been discouraged. <laughs> maybe you've kind of lost hope. Maybe you've wondered, God, why am I here? Why am I not married or why am I'm in this relationship or why am I at this point in my life or why am I have to go to this new school or why did you bring me to this place? And, and I wanna just say to you, don't lose hope. <laughs> don't lose hope. God has brought you for a reason. God's doing something bigger than you can see. God's doing something bigger than you can imagine. You put your hope in the Lord. You stay strong in him. You say, God has a plan for me and I'm gonna be faithful in my day. I'm gonna get in godly community. I wanna have people around me. I'm gonna dive into God's word. I'm gonna prioritize him because God is with you and God is for you. There was a famous theologian, Dr. Karl Barth. He was a Swiss reformed theologian and he lived back in the early 1900s. But in 1962, later on, almost toward the end of his life, he, he did a lecture tour and he came to the University of Chicago on this lecture tour and he had written an entire commentary on the epistle of Romans. I mean, this guy was brilliant. All he did was study the Bible all of his life. And he's picking apart every word in Romans, everything there. And he comes and he's sharing this lecture. And at the end of the lecture, a student in the back stood up and said, Dr. Barth, I have a question. He said, after all of your great learning in theology, all the great doctrine that you've seen and all the studies and, you know, you've unpacked here in Romans, if you were to boil it down to one sentence, what would it be? And Dr. Crowbar said this, something I learned at my mother's knee. <laughs> Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Jesus loves me. Out of everything in Romans, I just want you to hear this. Jesus loves you. You are valuable. You are unique. You are special. You are known by God and you are loved by God. You are forgiven, you're redeemed, you're restored, and you matter. And God loves you with an everlasting love. You know, I can think of no greater way to end this study than with communion. <laughs> Sharing the Lord's Supper together. And I wanna invite you to take out the elements wherever you are. If you're online, you can go in the kitchen and get some bread, some crackers, some wine, some grape juice. And I want you to pull out the bread. Because Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, he brought all of his disciples together. If you didn't receive the elements, just raise your hand and some of the ushers will bring them to you right now. But Jesus brought all of his disciples together. And he said, guys, this is my body. And then here's what he said. Broken for you. Not just for the Jews, for the Gentiles, for the world, for you. You know, if you're the only person in the world, and you had sinned, God would have sent his own son just for you. Take and eat in remembrance of him. And after supper, he took the cup. He said, this is the new covenant. <laughs> Before you were under the old covenant, right? The Old Testament, the patriarchs, all the old covenant. You sin, you mess up, you're out. 
Got to be perfect. Now there's a new covenant. Jesus' blood poured out for you. It's a covenant called grace. Take and drink in remembrance of him. For when you eat this bread and you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Father, thank you for your presence this morning. Wow. God, your word is so deep. It's so rich. And I pray, Father, as we have walked through this incredible book of the Bible, that we would know that you love us beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we would be established in your love and in your grace, and that we would live our lives for you, God. However long we have left on this earth, God, that we would live for you, that you are our living hope, that we know our eternity is secure. It's not based on what we do, it's based on what you've done. And that, God, we would be men and women after your heart. So thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you that our faith is in you. And God, we respond to you right now in worship. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast. Share this episode with friends and family in your life. Make sure you subscribe to be notified so you never miss a sermon. If you are interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our Rolling Hills app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. The Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast is a part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network, available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.